Welcome to my podcast for today, Thursday, the 17th of March. Of course, we continue to watch the carnage in Ukraine. Things seem to be going from bad to worse, although the Ukrainians are fighting very hard and inflicting a lot of damage on the Russians. Um, I'm hearing estimates as high as 10 to 15,000 dead Russians, hundreds of tanks lost and airplanes lost. Um, it seems as though the war is not going so well for Mr. Putin. Um, but at any rate, uh, it seems as though the issue following Zelensky's speech to Congress yesterday is the issue of a no-fly zone as well as aircraft that he is requesting. Uh, the uh, aircraft, as you know, probably have, has been a hot potato issue between Poland and the U.S. Poland uh, was given a green light by our Secretary of State to uh, give them to the Ukrainians. Then at the last minute, they seemed to chicken out. Uh, maybe they got a phone call from Putin. And uh, so uh, Poland said, well, we'll give them to the Americans in Germany at Rammstein Air Base, and then the Americans can turn the planes over to the Ukrainians. And um, the Americans said no to that. So Biden continues to be weak. Um, our, uh, Biden claims that our military analysts think that the planes would not be useful um, to Ukraine, but it's the Ukrainians that are, are fighting this war, the Ukrainians, pardon me, that are fighting this war, and they think they would be. And uh, the planes would probably, uh, with other devices, be uh, effective in establishing a no-fly zone in Ukraine, not one that we enforce, but one that Ukraine could enforce if they had the right equipment and jets. So that seems to be the the major uh, issue here because the Ukrainians seem to believe they can win this war if they can control the skies. And of course, the Russians are using the skies to bombard and level Ukrainian cities and destroying hospitals and homes and, and uh, schools and hospitals and whatnot. Uh, so there's now over three million refugees in neighboring countries from Ukraine. And I think that a lot of Americans, not not a majority, but I think a lot of Americans, while concerned about Ukraine, don't know what to believe. They don't trust the, the news media. They don't trust any sources of information. So whenever I get into a rap with people that have that type of view, I suggest to them, why do you think three million people left Ukraine and thousands more every day leaving Ukraine because things are good in Ukraine? No, things are terrible in Ukraine. So I think it, in, with regard to Ukraine, we can trust Fox News and we can trust Newsmax and other outlets uh, that are uh, videotaping the carnage and the destruction uh, that's taking place in, in Ukraine. But one might ask, why is there so much skepticism about believing in uh, the news accounts of what's going on in Ukraine. And uh, I came up with a really great article today by Miranda Devine um, in uh, the uh, New York Post, as a matter of fact. Um, and in that article, she claims that the years of bashing Trump as a Russian asset or spy hurt the Democrats and the news media's credibility regarding anything. Uh, and that's such a very, very interesting point. I think there's a lot of truth to it because all the allegations about Trump, of course, have been uh, shown to be lies. Uh, and uh, there's, there was never any findings against Trump for any kind of collusion with the, with the Russians. So it was all a fabrication uh, designed to help Hillary Clinton with her loss of the 2016 election. But after years of bashing Trump uh, with allegations of... Um, 
of being a Russian asset. Um, and the news media, MSNBC, CNN in particular, the New York Times, the Washington Post, etc., all jumping on the bandwagon of opposing Trump on the uh, basis of this phony allegation that he was in somehow cahoots with the with the Russians. That's all been uh, discredited largely at this particular point, but it did a lot of damage to people's uh, ability to read between the lines and see what they believe in. So right now, I think uh, Miranda Devine has hit it right on the head in basically saying, if you cry wolf too many times and there's no wolf there, when the wolf finally comes and you cry wolf, no one's going to believe you. <clears throat> Pardon me. I think she is so, so correct. Meanwhile, the issue of Ukraine has become highly politicized in the United States. Um, you have uh, Tucker Carlson, who, in my opinion, has unconscionably uh, attacked the issue of America's support for Ukraine. He's gotten better, but he, he continues to uh, harp on the idea, well, what if uh, Putin attacks us with nuclear weapons? Um, so he does not suggest an actual policy towards Ukraine. He'd be better if he just said, why don't we just forget about Ukraine and let the Russians have Ukraine? But he doesn't say that. He just says, have, are, you, are you thinking about World War III, possibly? And I watched an interview with him and Maria Salazar, the representative, uh, Cuban-American representative in, from Florida, uh, go head-to-head -head with each other. And I thought that he was really rather uh, inappropriate with her. He was sarcastic and nasty, and she did a great job of defending the idea that we can't base our policies towards the defense of freedom on threats that uh, Putin might uh, use nuclear weapons because at what point then are we able to defend the West's interests in sustaining a free and independent Europe and a free and independent world for that matter? Um, uh, how are we going to do that if every time we try to help out a nation, we're threatened? And right now, um, the the uh, EU nations and NATO are, are trying to help uh, Ukraine and, and, of course, Putin's threatening them already. You know, so the reality is, is we got to take Putin's threats of nuclear confrontation as a bluff. Could he do it? Of course he could do it. But, you know, the West has nuclear weapons, too, as, as uh, President Macron informed uh, Putin. Um, so uh, why would Putin want to start a nuclear war when that would be the end of him in Russia? Um, so uh, the, the this issue goes back and forth. And um, we have um, people like Romney who have attacked Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson, viciously, I think, attacked, um, calling Tulsi Gabbard um, a traitor, treasonous. And uh, she's, a, by the way, a lieutenant colonel in the Reserve uh, Army and um, or Air Force. And um, she's no traitor. But she does represent a school of thought uh, that is sort of based on the libertarian philosophy of non-interventionism. And the thing I like to remind my, my listeners of, about is that 1939, that school was very powerful, and it led to Chamberlain uh, giving away the Sudetenland to Hitler in exchange for promises that Hitler would be a, a good boy and not attack the rest of Europe. And within months, that fell apart because Hitler attacked the rest of Czechoslovakia and then invaded Poland, and that was, of course, the beginning of World War II. And um, also, that opened up a two-front war for Hitler because at that point, France and, and, uh, and the United Kingdom declared war on Hitler. And um, so we can see that appeasement doesn't work. 
why does Putin want more territory? I think Putin wants more territory because he, he is the master of a tyrannical regime that is hardly based on democracy or the will of the people. Um, Russia is a crime family state. It's a state that's based on oligarchs who stole most of the wealth of the Russian people after the demise of the Soviet Union. Their wealth alone, this is just a few men now, their wealth alone accounts for 30% of the gross domestic product of Russia. So that's why you're seeing the asset seizures going on with their $500 million boats being uh, seized by uh, Western authorities. Um, <clears throat> so these uh, oligarchs run the country and they have, of course, their legions underneath them that are faithful to them and they appoint everyone from dog catcher all the way to parliamentarians and the Duma, uh, which is the uh, Russian parliament. And um, so, of course, these people just do whatever uh, 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 Putin wants. They rubber stamp all of his dictates. And this is the reason why you're seeing mass protests in the streets of, uh, of Russia, anti-war protests, because the people get it. They understand that this war is unconscionable. Uh, I don't know if any of you saw the incident in Russian t state television where while the commentator was speaking, a woman ran out in back of her carrying a sign in Russian saying, we don't want war. She was promptly arrested and God only knows where she's, what gulag she's going to be sent to and for how many years. But uh, this is what's going on in Russia. So you, this is why they're expansionistic, because the internal solidarity of the regime depends on being able to convince the Russian people that Putin's actions are being caused by the Nazis in the West and the bad Americans that are trying to do harm to the Russian Federation. Uh, this is what he's telling his people. Now, Ukraine and Russia have been at odds with each other for a long time, but the people like each other and the people intermarry and they're all Slavs and their languages are very similar and Ukrainians speak Russian and Russians speak Ukrainians. You know, so there's no animosity between the peoples of, of, of Ukraine, but the Ukrainians always have had an independent national identity and Russian leaders have suppressed going back to the Tsar and uh, Stalin. Stalin uh, was so angry with the Ukrainians that he starved three million of them to death in, uh, during the 1930s because the Ukrainian farmers refused to turn their farms over to be communized, to be, enter into a communist system after they had worked for years to develop their their uh, farms that uh, had become profitable. So this is why uh, Putin is the way he is. He's, uh, he's really uh, the godfather of a crime family. And anyone that gets in his way, he kills, he poisons, he tortures. Um, his background in the KGB undoubtedly helped him along with that. And um, that's why we have this going on now. As to, as to the timing of this, there are a number of different theories. One theory is that um, Putin attacked Georgia and the Crimea during uh, the period when Biden was vice president and Obama was president. And he knew that there would be no stiff opposition. As a matter of fact, all that Obama did was give the Ukrainians blankets after the Russians invaded, occupied, and annexed Crimea. And so uh, that didn't happen under Trump, and m many believe, and I think rightfully so, that this wouldn't have happened under Trump because uh, Biden could not have predicted how Trump would have reacted to it. But it has happened again, of course, under Biden now as president, again, with the under the assumption um, that uh, Biden would not act. And he hasn't really 
done much to ensure that the Ukrainians would win. He's giving them arms, but that, that at best the arms are fending off the Russians, not pushing the Russians out of the country. Uh, another theory is that um, we have meddled in Ukrainian affairs, and that took place uh, when Obama was in office, and that's the reason why uh, uh, Russia attacked uh, uh, Crimea, and that uh, the claim now is that uh, Biden had interfered with Ukrainian affairs when Hunter was involved with Burisma. But the reality is, is, is that this, this theory doesn't hold a lot of water because you may recall that um, the pro-Moscow leader of Ukraine was thrown out of office when there were mass protests in Kiev against him. Uh, 500,000 people in a nation of 44 million people showed up to oppose the pro-Moscow leader after he had agreed to allow Ukraine to join the European Union um, and then went back on his word after Putin put pressure on him to to rein in the uh, aspirations of the Ukrainian people to join the European Union. Um, so in my opinion, I, I think that the Russian attack on Ukraine is just Putin looking at it as an easy gobble up. Um, it hasn't turned out that way, but before the attack, he thought it would be really pretty easy for him to gain control of Ukraine. Ukraine's got a lot of assets. It's one of the world's largest agricultural producers. And um, the, if, uh, if there's a, uh, a Ukrainian loss, the world price of food will be a, a, a affected because Ukraine provides so much food to the rest of the world. They're the breadbasket of uh, much of the world. Um, and uh, so Putin has his eyes on all these assets and wants him wants them for himself, wants to control Ukraine for himself. And so that's that's the probably the motivation behind this. It really doesn't have much to do with NATO because NATO is a defensive organization. True, NATO has uh, moved eastward with the incorporation of the Baltics and and uh, Poland and Bulgaria and Romania and, and Czechoslovakia. But that happened because of the tyranny of the communists under the USSR. They suppressed those people, and those people yearned for freedom. So it's not like we made those people join NATO. They wanted NATO's protection because they feared that the, that the Russians, once they became powerful again, would attack them. And right now, Putin is saying that he would like to reinstate the Soviet Union and have control over all of those eastern states. And as a matter of fact... He is, I believe, has said that as a condition of peace with Ukraine, Ukraine must not join NATO and uh, they, the, the world must recognize the annexation of Crimea and the independence of the republics in the east. Um, and the neighboring nations that once were part of the, the Warsaw Pact, they would have to remain neutral and leave NATO. He wants them to leave NATO. So it's clear what he's trying to do. He's trying to force a uh, Russian uh, sphere of influence on what was formerly the Soviet sphere of influence, which uh, fell apart after the demise of the Soviet Union. So there you are, folks. There's a, there's a short history of my opinions and why I, what I base them on. I think we should trust our eyes. I think we should look at the suffering and support the Red Cross and support organizations um, that are providing uh, medicine and food and supplies to the millions of people in Ukraine that are suffering. I do like the idea of a no-fly zone that would be enforced, not by American pilots, but by Ukrainian pilots flying in jets their neighbors give them. 
I think that would neutralize the Russian assault in the air and uh, stop the, the Russians from bombarding the cities. Um, but well, I don't think that, uh, that uh, Joe Biden has the you-know-what, the coyotes, to be able to do that. Um, and who knows what uh, Putin has on him, because you know the Biden family became enriched not just by China, but they, got, they also got enriched by Russia as well. Hunter Biden, in particular, uh, got a lot of money out of Ukraine and uh, on Russia. And at the time that Biden's son, Hunter, was involved in Ukraine, that was during the period when um, the pro-Moscow leader was in charge of things there. So um, hold your breath. Pray for peace. God bless America, and certainly God bless the people of Ukraine. Thanks for listening. Peace.